Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Consenting to me recording you? I consent to many things. Ooh, thanks. So what were you gonna ask me, baby? I was gonna ask you, what are things that you consciously do to do for yourself and those things like like that make you happy? Um, this is so cliche, but working out, like I know everyone's like working out, endorphins, but like seriously, like there there are so many times well where I'll have a really good like I don't know, run or workout or something where my body's been moving and my heart rate's been up. And afterwards, I'm like smiling, feel just like feeling good. Like just, and that might go away an hour later, who knows? But just like in that moment, it just like sets me straight and makes me feel so good. And it's not about like, for me, working out is not about like, how much further can I go? How much more can I lift? Or like, it's not about that. It's just about like getting moved because that genuinely makes me feel happier and then this is also cliche but just like hanging out with my friends and family just like hanging out with my friends and family is just a big like upper for me and not always but I find that it just like helps me release some endorphins more so than just like hanging out by myself I find yeah I think it's like it's good to have that time by yourself to you know like what makes you happy and it's like gives you that little joy when you're alone. But I for sure feel like when you're around people you love and care about, naturally like your endorphins will be released in some kind of way. Yeah. I can be super upset about something, like really upset. And then I can go to like a get together with some of my best friends or whatever. And just a few hours in, I'll notice like, oh my God, I just feel so much better. Like I'm just so fortunate to have people in my life who level set me like that and I know I know the specific people who to go to for that and they know that they can come to me for the same thing and like yeah it's like genuinely helpful anyway person what do you do purposefully do to make yourself feel better you know what I've noticed what actually makes me feel a lot better is consciously trying to like wake up earlier in the morning and like Mm. go for a walk yes um listen to music and like go get my coffee I instantly just feel better. If I'm feeling really sad or feeling really anxious, I always find like, sometimes I know people find comfort in being like, I'm just going to stay in bed and have like a bit of a low day and like, that's it. But 
Yeah. For me, I, I'm like, I need to get up and it doesn't mean I need to do something crazy, but it's something as simple as just like going for a walk and like listening to a podcast or music or something. Yeah. I think staying in bed is a comfort thing for, for most people, but it's not a happiness thing. I don't think, I think those are, you know what I mean? Like I can stay in bed all day too and be like, Oh, I'm cozy. And I just need this time. And I just, you know what I mean? Like self-care. But if I want to feel better, like more motivated, more happy, more, present, then I can't be laying in bed. I just can't. I feel like you're the same way. I can't. I'll feel, I'll feel purposefully like, okay, this is like fully just, I'm sad and I don't want to talk to anyone or I'm like shutting myself out. But anything with music, honestly, even if it's like, I'm going to freshen up and be like, I need to like jump in the shower and like blast music. You really love music. I do. I, just, I mean, who doesn't love music? But Persis, like, really, really, music is just like your love language. It's my love language, a hundred percent. I have like forty-seven playlists. And like, it's bringing them gay. It's is my favorite. <laughs> Twirly's not your fave. Oh no, twirl. Actually, Twirly might be one of my faves. I love that one. Twirly for has obvious nine reasons. Now it has what? Nine followers now. Oh my god! No way. Mm-hmm. So I think anything with music helps me. And yeah, being with like friends and family. But what's interesting is I was having a, a convo with my mom just the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I, I think I can, it depends for me. I really like wish if I was upset, sometimes if I can be with my friends or family, it'll like go away. I know it's like, doesn't fully permanently go away for you. I feel like it could be a temporary thing where you endorphins are like released and you're like, I feel good. I feel happy. I'm with people. But sometimes for me, it's either like that will happen or I'll have the opposite where I'll feel like I can't really be fully present. Yeah, it it never goes away. Yeah, I'm not saying that when I'm with my friends, I forget all my problems. It's just like I feel good and I feel happy and I feel better. Yeah. And the problem, the problem is still there. But for example, maybe we start laughing about the problem. Like maybe yeah. if there's like something that's really bothering me by the, by like hour one of hanging out with my friends, we'll like be making jokes about it. And so it's still there, but it's like a different energy. But I feel like for you, that can still happen. But I've noticed you feel almost more isolated when you're around people because the thing, the thing is still there no matter what, whatever is bothering you, but it becomes so all encompassing that it almost feels more lonely and isolating because you're like, I'm dealing with this thing that feels so heavy and no one else understands kind of thing. Like no one, the people I'm with could never understand this, like how much it's on my mind and weighing on me. So it feels, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You don't don't feel, even if you have the most supportive people around you, you still feel like completely isolated. I know. And I, and a hundred percent. And I was telling my mom, like specifically, like whenever I get together with my family, it's always my mom, my dad, my brother-in-law and my sister and me. And then I was telling her, like, I have the best times with you guys. Like we have so much fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I love these get togethers, but I, I think if I am in a weird mindset sometimes and I'm with all of them, I'll be like, I almost feel bad because I'm like, I should just like not come. Cause I don't want to like <laughs> be a Debbie downer and I'm trying hard not to, but I can't. Well, help- but that's the self, that's the self care stuff, you know, like, Listen, I have a feeling today is going to be one of those days where I'm going to have that isolated feeling or where I'm just not going to be able to feel present with you guys. And so I'm just going to take a rain check or I'm going to come for a bit. And if it doesn't feel right, I'm going to go 
be by myself for a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can do that with your family. That's the beauty of your family. Like they'll never be mad at you for that. They'll always be like, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just a matter of like listening to yourself, your body and your mind and being like, today's a bad day. And I think like you're getting up early and like going for your walk and getting your coffee thing, like that actually takes so much motivation. That takes so much effort to be like, I am getting out of bed now. Like even mm-hmm. that alone is such a such a big task. And it's so it's so maybe that's what feels so good about it. It's like I did it. I got out of bed. Like I'm I went out there. I got my coffee. And I think like that alone is such a accomplishment. Yeah, it is. And I don't know. It just makes me feel good. Like I'll even walk in the rain or something. Like I love it. You love to walk. I love to walk. I walk. Yeah, there, there was a bit, like, <laughs> during COVID when you were walking a lot. Like, you would walk, and you'd get back, like, an hour and a half later, and I'd be like, where did you go? And you'd be like, oh, like, across the city <laughs> <laughs> and back. I'd be like, girl, damn, you listen to some good music? Just get those little legs pumping? Yeah. Do you remember when I almost got punched in the face? Yes, I was just thinking about that. Can you tell the story really quick? Yeah. Okay, guys, I was going on (laughs) daily walks, literally during COVID. This last summer, I would go on a walk every single day. Like Sarah said, I would literally usually go from one end of the city to the other and then come back. Yeah, literally. Anyway, I was, I, I shouldn't have, I probably like don't know why I went this way, but I was walking on down Queen and I got to the intersection of Queen and Spadina, which in the city is kind of like a little sketchy. There's like the McDonald's on that corner and there's always like a few characters hanging around there. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, I was walking down Queen, like crossing the street. I, okay, so as I was walking forward, I noticed like a man walking like towards me and naturally like this is also like prime COVID. So I was kind of like, you know, moving out of the way. Um, as we were walking, because I was like, he's coming like directly towards me. So I like, <laughs> I started walking and I also had my headphones in. So I couldn't really hear him or hear what he was saying, but I could hear him like mouthing something. And he was wearing like a white wife beater shirt. He looked very like sweaty and like a little overweight. And he was like coming like mm-hmm. kind of quickly towards me. And I was like, hello. And then as I continued to walk, I was going like, veering off and he comes up to me and he like lifts his backpack and went and like raised it like he was about to hit me in the face oh my god oh my god i'm not even kidding i literally like jumped because i was like (laughs) what i like dodged his backpack and then he like kept walking and oh my god he was all like flustered and weird and i like took out my headphones because i was like what are you saying i couldn't really hear it was like super mumbled but then there was people behind me being like, oh, my God, are you OK? And I was like, I don't know what just happened. But the entire time I had, like, my music in. So it was like. <laughs> Do you remember what song was playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wish. I don't know. The soundtrack to that. That's really scary. I forgot that he, like, lifted it. Like, he, he was almost like I'm maybe trying to scare you and or, like, contemplating it and then decided not to when you jumped away. That's so scary. Oh, my God. Percy Buns, we have a guest on today's podcast. Yes, we do. It's been a hot second since we've had a guest. I know. And I just love this guest so much. So I'm so happy that she's our first in a while. Drum roll, please. It is teen. 
Ford. <laughs> I wasn't sure if like you were gonna say it or I was gonna say it or we were gonna say it together. Teen Ford is one of your best friends from your childhood, teen years. Yes, Teen and I have known each other since grade nine and have been honestly super close ever since. And she is just such a lovely human. How would you, if you had to describe Teen to our audience, how would you describe her? We actually talk about this in the episode because we go over our first impressions of each other. And I think our, my first impression of Teen and probably yours as well, is still exactly how I would describe her now. Just like very sweet, kind, like just like a kind hearted kind of instant energy that she gives off. Super thoughtful, always thinking about others and just like funny. She's one of those people who might you might think is kind of like a little quiet and shy at first and then when you get to know her she's got zingers. Like she is so smart and so quick as a whip um, and she has me laughing all the time. Like every time we hang out I know I'm gonna be laughing. Yeah. Um, and she's just I love also about teen and I think that's why the three of us get along so well. She really knows her pop culture references so we'll be like chatting about something and then we can make a really stupid deep cut pop culture reference and she knows exactly what we're talking about and we can all giggle about it yeah um i really value that in a friendship i have to say yeah me too but i wanted to point out we did have teen on the episode to talk about long distance relationships and teen identifies as being very open in the lgbtqia plus community so we are really excited to have her on to hear her perspective on you know like why are long distance relationships very very common for queer people yeah. And on top of that, what's it like to be in one? What are the challenges? What are the great parts of it? She gives some really, really great advice for anyone who is thinking of starting an LDR or is in one and maybe wants to keep making it work. Um, and we also just kind of dive into relationships, relationship stuff in general, like just kind of I think every, I think the interesting thing about this conversation was that everything we were talking about with LDRs, I felt like it really applied to regular relationships too. Mm -hmm. Like whether the person's near or far, you can take all the learnings from a long distance relationship and apply it to someone who's right there next to you. Yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. And Teen, thank you so much for being on Girl on Girl. Thank you, Teeny. We are so excited to introduce you to all of our beautiful listeners and we hope you enjoy. Enjoy. Guys, this is my like teenage bedroom behind me. All of this stuff you see on the shelves, that's all like my teenage stuff. I love that. They haven't got rid of it yet? No. My parents <laughs> have been hounding me to get rid of it for years. And I'm, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with it. And I never do. I'm like, I just, I cannot. So first off, how is everyone doing right now today? Um, it's been very hot. It's been like, so hot like hot like sexy no like humidity outside she's feeling spicy today because <laughs> i've been feeling hot too but like sexy. yeah it's like You're a certain kind of hot that i'm feeling <laughs> yeah just like the sweat dripping on my body as i was going on a walk today gorgeous i don't want to hear about the sweat dripping on your body <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie to you why? It's a it's getting rid of the toxins. I do want you to be toxin free. That's what I wish for everyone. Okay, I was having a conversation with someone, Sarah. It might have been you, where we were saying how it would be nice. 
<laughs> if like I'm scared. If your armpits stop sweating or something. And then I was like, wait, maybe that wouldn't be good because then where do all the toxins go? Yeah. I know someone who got their sweat glands in their armpits like closed, I guess. I don't really know what the right term is, but they got them like something to them so they don't sweat in their armpits anymore. And I was also kind of like, isn't that just your body's like isn't that something your body needs to do? Isn't their sweat just going to, like, come out of other places now, then? That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, maybe you have, like, a really sweaty butt after or something. That yeah. or something. Like, a weird part of your bod is, like, sweaty. Yeah. And then you have to get all your sweat glands closed, and you're just, like, <laughs> and then all the sweat pools up inside your body. And then you're just toxic. <laughs> Britney Spears you're, is toxic, please. <laughs> that's right. But, like, I'm actually concerned, like, what would happen? Because, of course, that would be appealing. Like, I would love to not sweat out of my armpits. But then again, it's, like, that's natural. Everyone does, and especially if you're working out. I guess it's more if you're, like, nervous for something and you're, like, oh, God, I don't want to show. But then I'd wear black or something. Yeah, I feel like I've just learned throughout my life, like, when it's a, when I'm going to be in a situation where I don't want to show my armpit sweat, I just like wear black or I figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I've learned my lessons. I um, love how this conversation just turned into about <laughs> sweat glands. Well, because it's hot. It's hot out there. I spent most of the day inside in like intense air conditioning. It was, it was actually pretty chilly. Teen, Hello. tell us about how we know you. And first of all, welcome to Girl oh. on Girl. Oh yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thanks Welcome for the warm welcome to the shit show that is. Yeah. I met Persis in grade nine religion class, I think. That was the first time. <laughs> we yeah, met oh no, gym class. Yeah. Gym class. Yeah, we met in Miss Batch's grade nine gym class. We had, I think in grade nine, Persis and I had like a lot of in first semester we had like three out of four classes together. And then like we didn't have a class together. After that, until grade 12, we had, like, three out of four classes together. So, like, Persis and I were, like, pretty good friends in grade nine. And then kind of, like, we're friendly, but then, like, got really close again in grade 12. Would you agree, Pers? Yeah. Um, I didn't know that about you guys. Yeah, that's 100% it. I remember, yeah, because in grade nine, I remember I saw you all the time. And then it was a whole thing of being, like, separation from each other, different friend groups, different different people and then we came we were still like friendly though like we would still like talk and say hello and like write on each other's facebook walls (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately tbh girl you are so pretty we should totally hang out more (laughs) what was your first impression of me so we met in high school i'm curious to know what your first impression of me was oh i just remember you being like very outgoing and like bubbly and like talking to everyone you were like easy to talk to Aw, I also had, like, I was so insecure in grade nine, guys, straight up, because uh, I had braces, and they made my lips really big. Oh. And your oh hair God. was, like, really short. Yeah, so Did I was... picture? <laughs> so, the story behind my haircut was so sad, guys, because... Oh, my God. I'm going to look I... for a picture while you talk. <laughs> no. Yeah, I am. It was so... Yeah, I am. It was so bad because it was grade nine and the summer right before grade nine, I was swimming in my cottage pool for like, literally, there was so much chlorine in the pool and I was in it like all day, every day, literally living in the pool. Anyway, my hair got so damaged 
So just naturally, I was like, I'm going to go get a haircut. Like I want a fresh new cut before grade nine. And the the hairstylist asked me like, what do you want? And my hair was probably like a little shorter than this length now. But I was like, oh, just like a little trim, but nothing crazy. Anyway, he went to town on my hair, chop, chop, chopped it off so short. (laughs) And I I told him. I told him him not to go that short because I was like, I'm also starting school soon. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like your hair was so damaged. Like I really had to do it because we wanted to grow back and be super healthy, but don't worry. Your hair will grow back. Guys, I cried. Oh yeah. Balled my eyes out. And then on top of that, I had braces. So I just thought I was like the ugliest kid ever. A uh, purse. <laughs> like no word of a lie. I was like, I that is not true. Obviously, not the true. ugliest kid ever. No. Everyone's <laughs> awkward in grade nine. I found pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like you look so cute. You look so cute. Everyone looked awkward. Yeah, teens, right? Every single person looked awkward, and especially if you had braces, you just looked more awkward with braces. That was just the reality. And it honestly, it wasn't. I think braces are fine. It's just somehow, like, my lips got really big. I think because I don't know what it was, but my lips got big. (laughs) And then my hair was short, so I just, it wasn't cute. (laughs) It really accentuated your big lips. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but what did that have to do with, like, your bubbly personality? Because remember, team was saying that you were bubbly, and then you were saying you were insecure? Oh, because I feel like that can kind of tie in. Like, I think maybe I was trying to, like, overcompensate. Not, not that I'm, oh, like, yeah. I'm an outgoing person in general, I find. But I think at the time in grade nine, I was, like, I was straight up so insecure. Grade nine, grade 10 was better. But that whole first semester, I was, like, yeah. oh, I don't feel cute. But it's okay. It is what it is. That's so, that's so funny you say that because I remember, like, also my, not my first impression, but, like, as we went on in the semester, I was like, damn, like, Persis and Kaylin, they, like, are other best friend. Um, like, they're joining, like, every club. You you guys, like, join newspaper. You join, like, wire. Like, you guys were, like, so involved in the school mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, wow, they're, like, so confident and, like, so bubbly and so outgoing. So that's so funny that, like, inside you were so insecure. Yeah, no one knows. But I, I feel guess- like that's such a common story, eh? It is. Like the most, the one who seems the most outgoing has the most insecurities. Yeah. She's no. deep like that, you know? <laughs> she deep like that. It's true. But I mean, it just has layers. I definitely don't want to make it seem like it was a long, it wasn't a long time. Like, honestly, high school was so great. It was just, it was just the first semester. But then my hair grew. My, my lips uh, deflated a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you look beautiful. I found pictures. I think you look so so cute. I could just pinch your little cheeks. I'm really curious to know what picture you're looking at. Oh, I sent it to you guys on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> well. Take a look. Take a little look-see. <laughs> Purse, what was your first impression of teen? I thought teen was so pretty. It's still so pretty now. But I remember when I met you, I was like, you're so pretty, one. And then I was like, I really want to be her friend. Oh, I made your dreams come true. (laughs) I manifested. You really manifested that friendship. I'm kind of impressed. And I think I remember, I remember just like wanting to be your friend like a lot. And I think I was like sad that 
like when we didn't have classes together, we, we were friendly, like you said, but I was like, oh, we had so many classes in grade nine, but we didn't like continue like a solid friendship from grade 10 to 11, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But then, yeah, I remember that. And you were just like very kind and just a very like humble person, I thought. Aw. Thanks, Chris. All of that's changed now. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, that's so strange because I wouldn't use any of those words to describe teen. No. The fame got to her head and... Yeah. The fame. Yeah. She got too famous and <laughs> things just kind of fell apart after that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, speaking of famous, that reminds me of How I Met You, Sarah. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> This segue is incredible. Okay, tell me more. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you and Versus like literally moved in like I think the day before. Okay. And I went to Toronto to your first apartment. Yes. And I remember Versus being like, "Teen, yeah, like come over and like stay over." And I was like, "Are you sure? Like I've never met your roommate before. Like, are you sure she's okay with me coming like so soon after you guys like moved in?" And then oh my God, I, I guess she asked you or something. So I came, and then I remember just sitting, like, in your empty, like, living room on, like, those black Ikea chairs. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was the only furniture we had. It was so embarrassing. And then um, we, like, went on a walk, and we got slushies, and then we saw James Franco. Oh, my God. We saw James Franco right outside our apartment, like, yeah. literally across the street. And uh, Amanda Seyfried. Is that how you oh, say her name? Yeah. Did we see Amanda? Oh my God, I can't believe that because we moved during TIFF, which for anyone who doesn't know is the Toronto International Film Festival. And it got we get some celebs up in here during that time. It's every September. It's so fun. I love TIFF time. I really, really miss that. Me too. It's like a whole season. And TIFF is happening this year. I was gonna say, yeah, it's actually happening this year. Yeah. That's so exciting. It's exciting, but I think I'm curious to see how it's going to be because I know there's going to be like limited seat. Like it's probably going to be like at a capacity and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, some are online and some are like in the theaters, but you have to like have proof of vaccination or like a negative COVID test. Oh my God. Oh, I love TIFF season so fun. I forgot that was the first time we met. It was kind of weird that we were getting slushies. Like that's not like a thing like that I do. Like, I don't think we ever got slushies again, first. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever had a slushie with you ever again. No, that was, what, yeah, first and only time. I hope you enjoyed it. Did I, did we just go to, like, a 7-Eleven and get slushies? We must have gone, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to, like, because we, we decided to move into a place that was literally right smack dab in downtown Toronto, which was a bad call, but we had a good time. We really did. I almost feel like I blacked out some of that year. Just like uh, thinking of some of the memories. Not like blacked out, like in what way? Because I was so drunk all the time. I was blacked out for most of that year too, yeah. No, no, not like that. Not because it was bad. I just think because it almost doesn't feel like it was real. Like I forget that we lived right in the heart of Young and Dundas. Even when I was working at the craft in Liberty Village and I'd have to go home like late at night, taking the subway back. Or even if someone would drive me, like God bless their soul, they would like drive <laughs> yeah. into the neighborhood and be like, locking my windows locking my doors and yeah. I was like thank you for driving me they're like <laughs> do you need me to walk you to the door yeah it's pretty sketch but I'm happy that it happened because then we all met what was your two's like first impressions of each other 
Okay. My first impression of teen, I can, honestly like can bear, I remember that night, but I barely remember like my first impression of you, but I'm positive that it would have been like, oh, she's so nice. Oh, she's so friendly. Oh, she's so easy to talk to. Like you you have that instant, that's instant when you meet teen. So I'm positive that would have been my feeling and just like having just moved to Toronto being so excited to make friends I was probably like oh my god like one of the first people I meet is this like awesome really nice cool girl yeah I think my impression like like you said I don't really remember exactly but I think it was just like I was like put at ease because I was like oh my gosh should I really be here like this early and then I was like I felt comfortable there so I was like oh okay yeah. like she's cool you know what I mean Oh my god, I didn't know that you felt that way about coming to the place. Yeah, I would have I would have absolutely not cared, like in the least. I didn't well, know that, that makes either. me happy. No, the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I just made it up. Teen, as you know, this is a podcast about sexuality and queerness. So we're wondering how do you identify? If you identify as anything. I was gonna say, I don't even know if I necessarily identify as like one thing I find sexuality literally like just like a spectrum like how gender is and everything like that so I don't I don't particularly have like one label I would say um a person with many layers oh she's fluid like the ocean I'm open like oh I I don't know she's open like She's open like... Like a well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were so confident. Okay. okay. Wow, yeah. guys, don't you know? Wells are open. Yeah. My mom fell into a well when she was a child. <laughs> no, she didn't. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Oh, she my did. God. I can get her to confirm the story. She <laughs> fell into a well. In India. <laughs> How'd they get her out? Wells are deep. I know. And open. <laughs> someone, someone, someone had to go and get her. And I think around that same time, she was chased by a bull. Yo. No. Her stars were like, I don't know if this girl going to make it. But she did. Yo, 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 yo. Imagine falling into a I ain't wall. about that. It's like the Alice in Wonderland, like, when she falls into the hole. <laughs> yeah, but that sounds more fun. When you go to uh, that world that Alice ends up in. Wonderland? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Wonderland? You know what I was thinking, and I didn't want to mess it up. I was like, do they go to Neverland? And then I'm like, that's mm-hmm. Peter Pan. Yeah, same, same, I think. One, you're just on a bit more acid than the other, I think. <laughs> Love how it's Alice in Wonderland. And I was like, you know that place she ends up? What's that place? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I feel really giggly tonight. I apologize if anyone's like, I'm literally just listening to three girls giggle. We should do a whole podcast when we're together. (laughs) Should we just giggle for an entire episode, like ASMR styles? And then see. Just just sing and giggle, because that's all we do. Yeah. 
that we sing a lot, the three of us, we were talking about this because, fun fact for anyone who listens regularly, Teen is one of the friends who came with us on our trip to Vancouver a few weeks ago. And we were talking about how, like, anytime we just sing a lot, like, if someone says something, one of us will find a song that matches that word and we'll just start singing. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched um, on YouTube, I think it's called Song Association. There's like some magazine or something that does it with like really famous people and musicians and they give them one word and then they have like 10 seconds to think of a song that goes with it. And I'm like, we would absolutely crush at that. Oh, we would so too. We would yeah. crush. We'd do better than anyone who's ever done it. <laughs> that should be an Olympic sport and we should represent Canada for that. So. It Just actually saying. would be kind of fun to play that game on this pod. Yeah, we should do that one day. It'd be fun to play more games. Yeah. On the That's... podcast. Teen, you just helped us think of an idea. Now we got to have games. Because <laughs> we only play games with people's hearts, but we need to yeah. start playing, like, legitimate games. I don't want to play games. No games. I don't want to play no games. Play no games. Your turn, teen. I don't know if I have one. I'll give wow. you a hint. I'll give you a hint, Demi Lovato. I don't know why you play these games. Games. Oh. Two can play that. Two can play that. Two can play, play that. Play these And then she's like, oh, wow. And then they're like, <laughs> I think I just, I think someone just passed out. Yeah, that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're talking to Teen just to like chat with her because she's one of our besties. And we're also going to be talking about relationships and just like what the deal is with relationships and more specifically, long distance relationships and why queer people are so often in long distance relationships what it's like, the good things, the bad things, and just kind of chit-chatting about, man, relationships. That shit is tough, but also really great and fun. We first wanted to ask you just what it's like in your dating life in general. Like, what is it like to date as someone who, as you said, identifies as fluid open, like just doesn't even have a, a, a label? What is that like for you in the dating world? I feel like I don't have a lot of experience dating like the definition dating of like going on a date with someone and then going home and like not knowing if there's going to be a second date right because I'm more <laughs> I'm more a relationship girl I guess mm -hmm. but, she's monogamous <laughs> yeah definitely but um I'd say it's like interesting like being open with like leads to more opportunity or meeting new pe more people I think and that's always fun yeah I think that's like <clears throat> one of the first things I think about when someone just identifies as open and it's kind of like the world is your oyster but do you find like do you think it's easier to date identifying as open or do you think it's harder I've never really experienced like it being easy or hard maybe in comparing to say someone who identifies as bisexual like all of the stigma and against being or around being identifying as bisexual and then if that person later comes out as gay or if how people say people come out as bisexual to like test the waters before they come out as gay like I find people are more 
open, I guess, to accepting someone who says that they're more open or that they don't um, identify with a certain label rather than say someone who says they're bisexual and like are really firm in that. Do you you think that's biphobia? Like, what do you think that is? Maybe a little bit of biphobia. I've I've never heard that term before, but um, I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. Or, or like, yeah, or it does have something to do with gender, maybe like people who are on a spectrum of gender might not obviously might be kind of turned off by someone who says they're like strictly into either men or women. You know what I mean? I find that the queer community, honestly, as much as we're a very open community can have a lot of judgments and have a lot of phobias. Um, I was just going to say quick to go off, go along with biphobia. I feel like I know a lot of lesbians or people who identify as a lesbian who say they wouldn't date someone who is bisexual. It's like a hard What is the reasoning when, like, you ask? Because it's like they don't really feel comfortable that, like, their potential partner could also be attracted to the opposite sex or think they could, like, leave them to be with the opposite sex. And I've also heard that on the side of a man saying he wasn't sure if he'd be comfortable with dating a bi woman. This was me relating it back to something I actually went through. And when I questioned him and asked why, he said um, he would have to worry about me like leaving him for a woman or something. And then I said like, well, what's what's the difference though? Like when I, when I'm with you and I like you, I wanna be with you. It's just the human, it's the person who I'm choosing to date. But I think like, I think there could be a bit of an insecurity at least sometimes too with people comparing themselves to the opposite gender. So I think that's why people have those like, oh, I'm not going to date a bi woman because like, oh, she's dabbled with men or she likes men. So, you know, I think it it comes down to a lot of insecurity sometimes and they're projecting onto that person. But I think maybe that's where my like reservation of like choosing one label is where it's like, Because I know at first you came out as bi, and now that since then has changed. But, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, for me personally, like, I just don't think that if I choose one label now and, like, that changes later, I don't want to have to, like, explain myself. Not that I I have to, but uh, in society, I I think I would feel a pressure to explain myself and I just like being open I think that just make sure that I wouldn't ever have to do that yeah we've talked about that a lot with labels just the fact that it 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 kind of creates even more boxes than the ones that we already felt like we were in from the day we were born I think that's a really good example of it and I I love how it relates to dating like I love what you said about how when since you identify as no label, you have so you have the opportunity to meet so many more people, so many more people than I could ever meet, for example, as having this like, you know, strict label of straight. And I think that's that's really cool and awesome and exciting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think exciting is definitely the word because there's like so many connections you can meet. And do you feel like you fall for the person more so like the like the connection? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think, and I think that's beautiful. I love when people can like kind of see past physical and be like, it's like this connection we have and it's, that's all it is. Because like attraction is so interesting to me in that sense. 
Me too. <laughs> I sit. I, I say that, but then, like, all of my friends and my sister are like, oh, Christine, you definitely have a type, so who am I to say? <laughs> okay, you can have a type and still be into the person's vibe and personality. This is true, this is true. Yeah, because I think it goes along with, um, you're definitely someone who I know is, like, you don't just go based on, like, a specific type. Like, you, you want to have a connection with them, and it's like a exchange that you guys have that I think you what I've noticed in your dating history at least you always have to have that like connection mm-hmm. bond or whatever what are your thoughts on dating apps <laughs> I think they suck but my past two relationships have become or become one from a dating app so who am I to say that they suck? <laughs> I know you like had great success but <laughs> Yeah, they, it's kind of weird how they can be a little bit of everything at once. They can be awful and kind of like degrading and make you feel terrible. And then also they could lead to like some really incredible relationships and even just moments with people or even just meeting someone and having or new friendships even. I think like both things exist at the same time. And that's why we have such like a complicated relationship with apps. I find most people do. I've met like so many friends off of them and like I even have a pen or yeah we haven't written to each other in a while but like had a pen pal through a dating app oh my god did you like meet in person and then became pen pals after no I've never met them before so they like were visiting Toronto and then um we matched and we started chatting and then they were just visiting so they went back to school in like Nova Scotia and then they were like, oh, do you want to be my pen pal? And then I was like, okay. So then we started writing to each other. That's so cute. That's wholesome. That's such a queer, like a classic queer <laughs> friend love story. Love story. <laughs> it's like we matched. They were going back to Nova Scotia, but we're still going to continue the friendship and like <laughs> keep up with each other. I would be psyched if you guys ended up falling in love down the line. And then you had all these letters you could show your kids. I recently saw on their, we follow each other on Instagram and I saw that they're like, they moved back to Toronto. Oh my God. I mean, they are in a relationship, but like, oh. even once, like, even once COVID like dies down, I would like love to meet them in person. Okay. I feel like you already answered this question just talking about dating apps, but we wanted to kind of chat about like really quickly how we all meet people. And I feel like mostly you meet people on apps, teen, right? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I know that you hate them, but you've had good luck. Yeah, I'd say like 90% of the people I meet are apps. Damn. What what about you, Percy P? I think, honestly, in either through like, no, in real life situations, I think I had like one successful dating app experience where I really liked the person. But other than that, I feel like people I've dated have been people I've, like, met around. Like, yeah. I think of Bobby. I met him at school. Am mm-hmm. I going to go? People? I, met, I met my Bobby. My Bobby. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the people. But, or a work situation or mm-hmm. yep. a bar is where I met someone through Instagram, I did meet someone. And then the one dating app was, was success. And that was Hinge. Props to Hinge. Props Hinge. 
Yeah. Also a dating show. Casual. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> casually, that's how you meet people, guys, when you go on dating shows. Mm-hmm. Like reality shows. Yeah. 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 Um, sometimes someone might catch your interest. But actually, that was a really good experience. Shout out to Love in 60 Seconds on Bell Media, <laughs> sponsored by Naked Grape. I did go on a great date with Ina. I'm going to give her a shout out. Ina, Ina. If, you're, if you're listening to Girl on Girl, I'm pretty sure you live like out west right now. So maybe Sarah, you and Ina can be friends. Hey, Ina, do you want to be friends with me? I wonder if she's listening. She would definitely be friends with you. You guys hung out like, on my birthday. Not that. Yeah, I love her. I love her. Ina, let's be friends. Yeah, Ina was super cool. And we did go on a date and she came to my birthday. Also, we should really post that love in 60 seconds thing on our page because why haven't we done that yet? Oh my God, we should. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Cool. I also meet people in real life situations. I don't think I've ever met someone on an app that like worked out. I don't remember (laughs) you really using apps. I would like swipe around, but then I honestly, I get so bored. I get so bored. I would start swiping for like, I don't know, five minutes and then I'd be like, I'm bored. Like I got to go, got to go. And then I'd meet someone out and about. Teen, this is a tough question. Are you ready? What do you think your strengths and weaknesses are in a relationship? And we can all answer. Putting you in the hot seat, hot seat. Okay, this is like kind of like a cop-out interview answer, but I actually think it's the truth. Okay. But I think my strength and my weakness is the same thing. And that is that I... Not, I don't try too hard, but, like, I hold on too, too long. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll do – I'm willing to do, like, anything to make it work or, like, make that person feel better or, like, anything. But um, that has also, like, faulted me in a relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I, yeah, I, I don't think that's a cop-out. I think that really is a strength and a weakness at the same time. It is. What about you, Percy? I honestly, not to copy teen, but I really think it's very similar to that. I think my strengths with people I'm dating is that I'm very like attentive and very much kind of all about them, super like loving towards them. Um, But then I get, I think a weakness too is that, is that exact same thing? Because I think I can tend to forget about myself. Not that I don't love myself in the situation. It's not like as extreme like uh, as that, but I can put like the person I'm seeing a bit on a pedestal and then I can get hurt in the process sometimes if I feel like things aren't really being fully reciprocated. So I think that's a weakness and I need to work on that. Actually, and I, I've mentioned this on the pod before, but I remember an ex told me once that like, and she didn't mean it in a mean way or a bad way, but she did say like, when you like someone, you really like someone, like you feel so deeply. And she's like, I just want you to meet someone who can like give you that back because like you deserve it. And that like stuck with me for a while because I was like, oh shit, like (laughs) I do feel deeply. And it's not a bad thing, but I think I used to look, I used to look at it as a really, really like a huge weakness. But I think there's elements of it that are a bit of a weakness where I think I need to have more like, uh, not confidence is the wrong word, but I think just more of like that, uh, Look out for myself. Maybe a little bit more like selfish, but the good kind of selfish. Yeah. I need to to focus on me too. I think you're getting better at that though. Yeah. Yeah. Me compared to like a year ago has changed a lot for sure. Yeah. You've grown. 
taller. I can totally, <laughs> I can totally relate to that too, Persis, just in the sense that like, I was told to like, I knew like no, whatever I did, you wouldn't break up with me. And I took advantage of that. And like, mm-hmm. I was just like, mm-hmm. damn. Oh. And like, I remember, I know, I remember this was like towards the end of the relationship and they were just like, Christine, like look at our relationship. And like, if this was one of your friends, would you be telling them to like stay in this relationship? Like, and like, it, it's that, that like stuck with me. Yes. And I like, in my relationship, like after that, like I continually like asked myself that. And like, that's like what helped me make like the hard decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, that's, that's so much growth right there. And that's why I think about even when things are going wrong in a relationship, you're still learning so much and it can be it can be so tough in the moment. But ultimately, like you're taking that learning lesson and you're really applying it to the next thing and the next thing after that. You're just going to continue doing that for the rest of your life, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll constantly be growing. And I think it's that's why we learn. Right. Like I always look at any situation you're in, even if you're so upset, like heartbroken and you're like, why? Why did this have to happen this way? And I think about this all the time. I always go like, well, why? Why did this happen to me? Why does this keep happening to me? But then I always think I learn something new from every single person I date and I learn something new about myself and I learn about the strength I have too when I didn't think I would. Like, oh my God, when I was dating like Regina, for example, throwback. Throwback. Compared to then, like that person who was seeing her then in 2018, no, 2019, 2019 was like a totally different person. And it can be a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. Like it's really easy now for us to sit here and be like, you learn lessons from your relationships and you grow and get better. And it's it's such a pretty package with a bow, but like it's so much more messy than that, you know? And it's like tough to just accept that and move on and be happy. But I think like, nevertheless, it's the truth. And it's really important and powerful. It is. But even like, even recognizing recognizing that you have grown is hard because like between the like longer relationship and my most recent relationship like and telling you Sarah about it like on the beach in Vancouver like I remember you were the one who was like teen like look at how much you've grown like since the your previous relationship and I was like oh shit like yeah like I have you know what I mean so like I wasn't even like recognizing that for myself and I think that's also hard to do totally I think sometimes you just need someone to like tell you and like you said sometimes it's the person you're dating like the when you were saying how the person you were dating was saying like would you would you tell a friend to stay in this relationship that we're in like that's a tough thing to hear but sometimes like it just takes another perspective even if it's that person you're dating's perspective to be like oh shit okay okay I've grown or I've, I'm learning something or I've done something wrong or whatever it is. It's hard to see things in ourselves. Mm-mm. I just wanted to say really quick that ironically, I think I have like the opposite problems of you guys in, in terms of my strengths and weaknesses in a relationship. I tend to not show my emotions or show my affections or like communicate how much I like someone very well. And I think that's a big weakness. But then I think my strength is like, self-reflection and being able to like recognize those things and sit with them and then like try try to communicate them or talk about how things can get better or 
just try to be mature about things and I might not be in the moment but I think I think I'm pretty good at like at least realizing that I'm not communicating and then trying to communicate after it's like a it's a work in progress (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's amazing that you're recognizing that like some people don't I think a lot of people can get really defensive because I've definitely I can be defensive too like sometimes I want to think like no like I'm doing everything fine and I'm doing everything right in this situation especially when you care but it's good to to recognize it and be like okay gotta check in with myself gotta check yourself you know what I mean check yourself before you wreck yourself oh baby we want to talk about long distance relationships also known as LDRs there's also I have never been in an LDR ever and I think it's so fascinating. Like I honestly, I, I think I would be really bad at it, but I find it so interesting. And teen, you have been in an LDR. And so we kind of wanted to like explore that world and like what that means and what that experience is like. Um, so can you give us just like a, it can be super vague, but just like a general background of your experience with LDRs. My, my longest relationship, it was four years. And it was basically an LVR like the whole time. Um, for the first two years, they lived about 40 minutes away. And then the third year, they moved like halfway around the world. And then for the last year, it, they lived in like four hours away. Wow. It was wow. getting, I was going to wow. say it was getting further and further each year, but then no, mid- midway was halfway across the world. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. I just have to absorb that for one sec. What do you feel is the hardest thing about an LDR? Um, I think the hardest thing is just, I mean, depends on the relationship, but my relationship, I would see the person like once a month, maybe if Mm. I was lucky or if we were lucky, sorry. So that was like really hard, like not being able to like see them and then when we did see when we did see each other, I I felt like I had to be like, okay, we have to do this, 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 and this, mm. because we're catching up on a whole month of not doing things together. That we we would have a weekend together, and then it felt like we couldn't like relax because I wanted to like make sure that we were having fun and doing fun things together. So I guess hey. like not seeing the person a lot. I never really thought about that aspect of it. I would do the exact same thing. I would like jam pack our time together because it's our only time together. But then I, we all know the importance of like those not jam packed moments with someone when you're just hanging out, laying around, watching a movie, whatever. And those are usually the moments where you feel closest with someone, you know? Because mm-hmm. like, 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 yeah. I feel like a lot of the time, like we, I would like want to talk to them about something that was like bothering me or something but then at the same time I was like well I don't want to bring that up because we only have three days together and that's just gonna like ruin the vibe you know what I mean yeah almost like I might be getting this wrong but is that similar to like toxic optimism or is that a different thing maybe I don't know what toxic optimism is I think yeah it's so weird because I was talking to someone about toxic optimism literally today Oh, that's so weird. Purse? Yes, no, straight up. I was having a moment, so I was talking to someone about, (laughs) do you think this situation is toxic optimism? Which is what? Like, do do you have a little definition for everyone? I'm trying to think of the context I thought it was, and I didn't think it was right. I thought it was when you're trying to, like, 
put false hope into someone's mind, but it's because you believe it yourself, but it's almost like toxic, mm. but that's not, I don't think that's what it is. It's something like, so I just looked it up. Yeah. Read the definition. Um, I'm curious. So toxic, it, this is toxic positivity, the same thing, is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. Um, that's just kind of like the general. And I was just thinking about it because Teen was saying like, even if things weren't okay or there were things I needed to discuss, I just felt like everything had to be positive and like optimistic the whole time because it was our only time together. Which I, th- I think even if it's not toxic optimism, I feel like that's another, that's a whole, there's a word for this. But the issue with that is that you you clearly do have things you want to discuss and you'll just keep repressing those emotions. But because I, I understand that, like I think when you're, you don't have a lot of time with someone and the time you spend together is rare, you want everything to be perfect. But at the end of the day, it's your relationship and that person should should know those things. And you should allow yourself to also open up so you're not holding back. But I get why you did it. When you don't have a lot of time with someone, you want it to be good times all the time. Yeah, or I feel like it would be really good, like, the whole time. And then, like, right before they left, I'd be like, okay, well, I left it to the last minute. So we're just going to have a conversation about it now. And then we would, like, leave each other, like, sad and, like, not in a good vibe, you know? That's super tough. Yeah, I would do the same thing also. You don't want to start off the weekend together with the bad thing. Because then it could ruin the whole weekend instead of just like the last little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's like, okay, now I'm not going to see this person for like another month. And I just left them like feeling sad. Yeah. Sad Sad because they're leaving, but also sad because of this like conversation that we left off on. Right. What was the communication like? Like, is it just a lot of FaceTiming and stuff like that? Like just texting, FaceTiming, calling, that kind of thing? Were there times when, like, you both kind of needed, like, space? It was different, like, at different times. Like, at the beginning, when they lived 40 minutes away, we would see each other more than, like, once a month. Yeah, Um, But, like, as the relationship, like, progressed and, like, they were living on the other side of the world, like, the time difference and stuff like that, like, we would talk, but, like, maybe not so much. And then when they were living four hours away, it was, like, hardly any communication. And that's, like, what really bothered me, too. So that was, like, frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, I'm not I'm not seeing you, but I'm also, like, I feel like I'm not talking to you either. So. Yeah, that's when I think about what it would be like to be in an LDR. I'm, like, I, I would just need constant communication almost, which is the opposite of what I want in a non-LDR. In, an, in just like a relationship where we're in the same place, I would, wa- I would want my space. I would want time away. I would want independence. And I feel like I would crave the opposite in LDR because like they're not with me and I want to know what they're doing or just feel like some sort of connection. Yeah, for sure. And like that would be something that I would like say to them and like understandably that like they said that that's not something that they can do. But at the same time, I was like, okay, but like, don't you like that was always my thing I was like well don't you want this to work and like this is something that like I need like right yeah that's tough when it's just something sometimes it just comes down to that like this is something I need and I'm not getting it yeah Mm -hmm. and that's the one of the toughest things because you shouldn't change that like you deserve you deserve those things too and if someone can't give it to you it's hard because 
it was something that I needed, but like me projecting, not projecting, me saying that to them um, would like make them feel guilty. So then I would feel mm-hmm. guilty for like what I needed. So it just like, there was always just like a, a like missed thing when it came to like communication. Yeah. And like we tried and tried and tried and tried, but like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it always just seemed to like fall off. Well, to switch it up a little bit, what would you say the good things about LDRs are? I feel like I just, like, had a lot of, like, free time. Like, I didn't, (laughs) this sounds bad, but, like, I didn't have to, like, make sure I was, like, hanging out with this person or, like, (laughs) that's so funny because I literally said that that was the worst thing, that I couldn't hang out with them all the time. But (laughs) I don't know, I feel like I... I wouldn't feel guilty for like hanging out with you guys for a whole weekend or right, I, right. I focused on school a lot more like when I was with them because I had a lot of time to like do my work, stuff like that. You had your independence. Yeah, definitely. I get what you mean about the pressure of like when the person is nearby, it definitely does feel like pressure is maybe not the right word, but it does feel like there's some sort of like unspoken agreement that like we need to see each other a lot or like if I'm going to do something it's totally cool if I'm not doing it with them it's totally cool but like maybe the next day I should do something with them you know what I mean um which isn't always a bad thing but it's just kind of like especially when you're in school like you just said or maybe you like there's something you really want to focus on in your life I feel like that can actually be really helpful and then you have this amazing person you love who's still supporting you but it's not like an obligation you need to see them all the time Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a super good point. I never really thought of it in that way. But that's also important, right? Like, you you also have your own life. Like, we all have your, we all have our lives, right? So I think it's... No. I don't... No? I don't have one of those. Oh. I actually don't. I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's, it's good because we all... Yeah, everyone has that, like, independent streak in them. And I, I kind of feel that yeah, when you're dating someone and they're around you, you you would have that inkling to be like, oh, I should include them in this or I should be doing this with them if I'm not, if I'm not doing something. But you know when you also just want your me time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your me time. Yeah, like your special me time. <laughs> it's my special time. It's, I like to, what do we all do for me time? I like to have a bubble bath with a glass of wine. Oh, Baby. Oh, I was going to have a glass of wine for this interview and I forgot. I just wanted you guys to know that. I had the intention and I totally forgot. I'm just drinking water. Me too. Me too. My body's going through a cleanse. Yeah, health as well. Yeah, Yeah, I need to cleanse after Vancouver and (laughs) post-Vancouver. Yeah, we didn't even cleanse after Vancouver. That's the issue. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Okay, teen. What advice do you have for listeners who are looking to navigate an LDR with a current partner and or a potential partner? Maybe they met someone who's far away and they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. You're clearly very experienced in it. We're wondering if you have any pieces of wisdom. I think the most important is like right as the relation, the LDR like is happening, like set boundaries and set like non-negotiables like right from the beginning obviously those can change as things change but it's like if you if one person needs one FaceTime call every day then like that's what needs to happen or like if they need a good morning text every single day then that needs to happen like I think 
there needs to be like clear rules and not rules, clear boundaries, sorry. And I think each person has to respect each other's boundaries right from the beginning. And, and I think then that is like what will help you succeed. That's great advice. Obviously like communication too, but I think that like coincides with the boundaries. Yeah. It's the boundaries of communication. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a test of like how selfless the other person is, how much they're willing to do what you need, and also a test of how confident you can be in what you need. So for both people in the relationship, it's like, I know what I need and here's what it is, which is so powerful to be able to say that. And then it's, it's being able to be the other person on the end of that and be like, I'm going to put aside whatever if I'm feeling, I don't know, kind of pissed off today and I'm still going to FaceTime them because I know that's what they need and that's the boundary we set. Mm-hmm. Like obviously like those boundaries can change and like you can test a boundary because maybe it's something you actually don't want or something you or there's something else you want more than a boundary you already set but like the communication on those boundaries is so important because I think that's where a lot of the time like my partner and I failed because I would say like oh I really need this and then it wouldn't happen and then I just get like super upset mm-hmm. or they would say like I need space or I need I don't need that but like I wouldn't respect that either right mm-hmm. it's such a big test because it's you really like both have to kind of like, you know, take those chances on each other. And like you were kind of saying, some things you might not love and some things they might not love, but when it comes to the other person and just being selfless and being like, this is kind of what I know you need, you just have to do it. I saw this thing today that this just reminded me of it. Purse, when you said take a chance on each other, I'm just going to find it really quick. Do you guys know who Esther Perel is? Have you ever heard of her? No. She's a relationship expert. Oh, you've heard. Does of she have a podcast? Yeah, she has a she has a podcast, um, and she's just like this incredible relationship expert, and she's just so great. And I've been following her recently. She just like has such great insight. And she posted this thing today, and it said, "In relationships, trust isn't a promise to never hurt each other. It's the risk that we will hurt each other, and the confidence that if we do, we will come together to heal." And I thought that that was really interesting because I think it's trust is such a scary thing. And when you're in an LDR, I feel like it gets even scarier because you don't have that person like right with you in your in your like direct eyesight. But it's not about like, oh, we're never going to hurt each other in this relationship or we're never going to run into issues. It's just a matter of like taking that chance on each other, setting the boundaries, communicating, being open and knowing that you probably will hurt each other. But that's the risk you take in any relationship and that hopefully you can come together during those times. And sometimes you can't, but sometimes you can. I thought that was an interesting take because I feel like for a lot of people, it's like once my trust is broken, it's broken forever. And I think sometimes it can be more complex than that, especially when it comes to LDRs. Of course, definitely, definitely like a complex thing. Like, cause I think there's so many like layers to like trust and like your trust being broken and like that's a common theme for LDR for sure because I like that you said that and we didn't really get to talk about it much is like 
when they're not around you, you don't really know what they're doing. You just have to hope like, yeah, they're probably going out They're They have a whole life, right? That's like kind of separate from you, even though you're together and you love each other, but you just have to hope like, I mean, in my head, and I'm not necessarily a jealous person, but I would always be like, I'm just trusting that they're going out and like not flirting with other people. Yeah. I would always be thinking that I'd be like, you're out like living your life. And then I'm just here. Not sure. And I'm also living my life, but I'd be thinking of them. So yeah. Teen, did you ever struggle with that? Like, like not constantly thinking about it, but just like nagging thoughts of like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the time though, my like thoughts or my jealousy wouldn't be like, oh, I hope they're like not flirting with someone. It would be like my jealousy of the people they were with. I'd just be like, oh, I really wish like I could be there with them. Like I'm so jealous of that person that they get to hang out with them. Aw, I like that. <laughs> I like that so much better than me. I would most definitely be like nervous or flirting with people <laughs> all the time. It also does depend on the relationship though. Like I think in your, in your case for sure, like that wasn't like a worry teen. It was yeah. just like, it was, it was just the missing them and wanting to just be involved more and also knowing more stuff like that. So I hear you. Yeah. Like I'm never going to forget one night when my ex like went out with you and Kyle persons. And I remember just like being at home, like so jealous. I'm what? like my best friend is like going out with my partner right now and like I'm so and I'm at home like I'm so sad why didn't you come I think I had to like work or something oh okay jealousy by Olivia Rodrigo plays (laughs) jealousy jealousy maybe what's it called (laughs) I don't know we have the uh, official Olivia Rodrigo stand on this podcast right now so I am I am an Olivia stand and that was like my breakup album it's a good breakup album you know what else is a good breakup album that i realized is dua lipa future nostalgia oh definitely great breakup album i was one of the songs came on the radio while i was driving the other day and i was like "Mm, mm, 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 mm." i love that so teen i want to know your perspective on this why is it so common for queer people to end up in LDRs or even just have like love connections with people all around the world? Because we don't see that happening very often in hetero relationships. Not necessarily just long distance, but I think like it's a very common theme in queer love. And I just want to know what, what your thoughts are. Um, maybe like before the pandemic, I would say because there's not a lot of queer people that you have to go to great lengths to to find all of them. But I would say, like, I don't know about you guys, but I I feel like throughout the pandemic, a lot of people have just like had like a sexual awakening, and like I feel like a lot more people have been coming out. I don't know, actually. I don't really have a reason why I think that happens, but I think. I think people who identify as queer in the community just like are so open to having a connection to or relating to someone like there's so many people on the internet that um and like so many communities on the internet that even like I have or you have persists like 
um, joined and like met people from that like it's just nice to know that there's people like you or people who are having the same experience as you and like that connection in itself just like brings <laughs> queer people together I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why like I mean I've mentioned this before I think it's queer people who've maybe had like a love connection not all the time I'm not saying this is co- like super common but how you even teen like you matched with someone and even though it didn't really work out romantically you guys became pen pals and then I've, I've had situations with people I've like had a thing with in the past and then you just become friends with them I think having that queer connection is very important uh, especially with times like this mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point that I didn't think about um the like higher chance that you'll commit to the connection like it's so important for queer people to find that connection and to find that relatability that we're talking about that maybe it's like a you're more likely to like keep that connection going whether it's from a far distance or a short distance I think like you know what I mean I think that's why so many queer people find connection online because it doesn't really matter where the person is if there's some sort of like connection there then it's it's going to be strong and it's going to be like very real mm-hmm. with the repressed emotion that so many queer people feel as they're growing up and then when they are finally able to like come into their own whatever that means for them then suddenly they have all these like incredible emotions that they want to share and so it might be similar to that like a when you just like that connection is so important and it's important for everyone but i think for queer people it's just like it's just such a huge part of your life yeah yeah the internet has just made it so easy to not only meet people but like continue a relationship whether that's like over messenger or like facetime or like zoom or like there's so many platforms to meet people and i think that just like has really opened up the the way for to make a connection with so many people Teen, is there anything else you wanted to add about LDR that we didn't talk about? Anything, or even just about relationships in general, or about being open in relationships? Anything about yourself you wanted to share that we haven't discussed already? Um, I think just, like, everyone's different, but, like, don't be scared. I mean, LDRs are scary, but don't be scared to try. Because as much as I was talking about a lot of the bad stuff, there's, like, a whole lot of good stuff with them, too. Oh my God, totally. I mean, you don't stay with someone for four years without a whole bunch of good stuff. That's for sure. That's great advice. That is good advice. Because it's true. I think a lot of people might be like, no, I, I already know. I mean, myself, Sarah even just said it like, well, I don't know if you said this, Sarah, you were just saying you've never been in an LDR. I've never been in an LDR, but I always thought, would I be in an LDR? But when I think about it, if the connection was there with someone, yeah, I would. I, yeah. I would try and make it work. Totally. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that too. Like I have always kind of been like, I don't think I could ever do an LDR. How do you do it? But just talking to you about it like over these years and just like what literally what you just said about trying. I agree. If there was a if there was a real connection there, I, I can't see myself just not trying or completely throwing it away. I'm sorry. Like, oh, sorry, Gophers. I was just going to say. No, I'll end with mine. I'll end with mine. Teen, okay. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, you guys have seen it, too. Like, when 
my person was coming, I would be like so excited. Like an LDR made me appreciate them like so much more. And like the time we had together, like so much more too, because it was so hard to come by. Yeah, I hear that. And we saw it. We saw it. Your excitement and your love. And it was always so great to see. And I think like just that fact, like could make the shitty things worth it too. Mm -hmm. And everything, you're going to have the shitty things too. Um, But that's something that I thought would be a positive. It's like the excitement, the constant, like you don't take them for granted almost because you're like, I never see you. Then when we do see each other, it's like, oh my God, so exciting. And I think that's why independence and freedom is important in any relationship, whether it's LDR or not, because you need to be able to like really appreciate that time with your person and not take advantage of it and not take it for granted, which I think happens in so many relationships. Like I took this for granted because it was so familiar or it was always there or I never thought it would go away or whatever it is. And I think like even if you're not in an LDR, try to make sure you're taking space for yourself because then you're going to appreciate that space with the other person so much more. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, even like, um, so my most recent relationship was not an LDR. And like, I literally was getting everything that I wanted when I was in an LDR. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this is like too much. Mm. So it's like, you you think you want one thing, but it turns out maybe you actually don't. Mm-hmm. We're learning. We're growing. It's all a learning experience. But, ladies, if we have a theme song for LDRs, do you want to know what it is? Tell us. I'm inspired. Is this an original by DJP? Yes, <laughs> it's absolutely an original. Are you ready to hear it? Ready. I wrote ready. it in my mind right now. Oh, wow. You're so talented. If I could fall into the sky, do you think time would pass me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see you. That's like the theme song of long distance relationships. I didn't know I didn't know Vanessa Carlton was also guest starring on this podcast today. Yeah, she was hiding. You know what slaps harder than that song forever and ever and ever will be White Houses. Isn't that about gay? Oh, no, 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 no. Who can say is gay? Who's to say? It's about her having sex for the first time. Yes, yes. And I think it's just about, like, college, too, and coming of age. But it's who's to say about... A queer relationship? I think so. Who's to say? Oh, here she is again. Vanessa, girl. Shh. Vanessa. We told you to be quiet. We told you you could come on the pod, but you just gotta be like shh. No singing. No promoting your own music. I I just came on. Thank you so much, girl on girl, for having me. My new song. A Thousand Miles is available <laughs> on all streaming platforms. Is it like a remake or? No. It's just brand new. It's brand new. Also, is this how Vanessa talks? It's really like an interesting kind of spin you've got on your voice there. Yeah, it's how she talks. It's how I yeah. talk. <laughs> now go walk a thousand miles over there. <laughs> a thousand and miles I, I out the door. To- 
Yeah, walk a thousand miles out my door and we'll talk to you never, okay? Okay. So Vanessa, I'm so happy to have you on the pod. Um, and also, but more than you, to be honest, teen, we're so happy that you came to talk to us. Thank you for being open and honest and transparent and just being your beautiful little self. Love you guys. Thanks for having me. Love you so much. And we hope that if anyone listening is in an LDR or thinking about being in one, that they got some good tips and some good advice. And teen, where can the people find you on social media if you want to be found? Um, I don't even know my, my social media. I'm on Instagram at um, Christine Ford underscore. God bless. Give her a little follow if you want. Give her a little hug. Give her a little kiss. Oh, well, only if she says you can. Yes, exactly. If teen consents, yes. <laughs> I consent. Ooh. Love you, teeny. Love you. Love you, teeny. Thanks for being on. So XO. Are we ready for in case you missed it? I've never been more been ready. ready in my life. Are you ready for it? <gasps> oh, in the middle of the night. Yes. My dreams. My dreams. You should see the things we do. Uh-huh. Baby. Baby. Mm-hmm. Great track. It is really good. And speaking of music, this in case you missed it is a little bit of like a musical um, whimsical dancing kind of in case you missed it moment. Oh yeah, baby. We're talking about a few different things. And I'm going to let you take the first thing because full transparency, I don't know anything about it. And I know that you know everything about it. So God bless you. Oh yeah. I was very excited about this guys. So, um, Kaylani just dropped her mixtape cloud 19 on all streaming services, August 26th. And it's the seventh year anniversary and this is the first time she actually released it to anything like you know streamable which is so exciting and guys it was her first mixtape ever like it was her first baby so do you know how old she was when she released it was she 19 yeah she would have been she would have been 19 so okay 19 and are the songs like in the songs is she talking about women is she talking about men is it like gender neutral she uses the um pronouns he she she says boy she says girl first position is on cloud 19 damn yeah very cool um do you want to give a little i mean i feel like everyone listening to this probably knows kehlani but if they don't do you want to give a little intro to kehlani yes so we do speak about kehlani quite often on the podcast i love her so much she is an r&b like pop singer and i feel like she really got famous like or really like much more well known when she released Sweet Sexy Savage and this would have been in 2017 I believe I hope I'm getting the the year right for that but I loved that album and um yeah she's also um had been featured in a lot of like other songs as like a feature she collaborates with a lot of artists and then kind of started becoming her own when she released songs like Distraction, Crazy, Honey, she was also on America's Got Talent in the band Pop Life. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, my God. It was so cute. And Pierce Morgan, I remember, told Kehlani, she might have been, like, 12 years old. He was like, you're really good. Like, you're clearly, like, the star 
of this band. So it's either like you or like no one. Like they like dropped the band essentially. Yeah. And I mean, she really, she really did. No, but it was cute because she said, she was like, I'm not going anywhere without my boys. And they actually did like perform together, but then eventually like they did go their separate ways, but not in a, like a bad way. It's just, they, they went in different directions and she pursued her own thing and they did their, they did their own thing. Yes. Kehlani. Kehlani is openly queer. And she just mentioned not too long ago that she identifies as a lesbian, which we like made a, we definitely did it in case you missed it about it because Persis was extremely excited about that um, for obvious reasons. Cause she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, is the mixtape good? It's it worth a listen. Oh, it's worth a listen. I'll shout out a few songs for you guys to definitely listen to. You should listen to Getaway, First Position, and I would say FWU, which means fuck with you. Oh, nice. Love that. <laughs> guys, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure I will at some point. Yeah, I think you'll like it, Sarah. It's good. It's very, it's not very young, Kilani. It's so cute. And sorry, did she re-record it or is just a straight re-release of the original mixtape? It's a straight re-release. Oh, wow. Is the production value kind of like cool and raw? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. very noticeable. Like you can tell it was like older for sure. Aw, Kay. Do, do people call her Kay? I just decided to call her that. I don't think that, I don't think they do. Okay, no, they I'm call so her Lonnie. Sorry. They call her Lonnie. Oh, I like Lonnie better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to call someone by a nickname that they don't want that's just not cool no exactly never do that and then the other in case you missed it we wanted to chat about was you guys might have heard about this it was actually pretty big news i heard it on the radio um after we talked about it purse and i was like oh shit it was on the radio um but jojo siwa is going to be um competing on dancing with the stars and she's going to be the first competitor in history to have a same-sex partner which is incredible and also when i read that i was like that's the first time that's ever happened. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars. I really don't know much about it. So I was like, that's the, f- that it seemed kind of crazy that that would be the first time, but also exciting, a little surprised to say the least, but at least it's happening now. And hopefully this is the first season of, I could see this being the first season it happens. And then every season after has at least one same sex partner, if not more. Right. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. I feel like this is so common for us when we find out this like revolutionary news and we think, oh my God, why is it only happening now? But I really think like after you get the first one out of the way, it's going to become the norm. Kind of how we were talking about like the first gay bachelorette. First, yeah. You know, I yeah. just like, it's a good thing it's happening now than rather than never. And this has also been a really big year for Jojo in terms of coming to terms with her sexuality, announcing it, being proud. She's so young. Um, I love that she's that um, she's going to be that representation for a lot of younger queer people, young queer teenagers. Totally. And she said, I think it's really special that I get to share with the world that you can love who you love, but now you can dance with who you want to dance with, which I thought was really cute. Um, And I just think I like the fact that the first time this is happening is with a really young um, celeb. She's, I just, I just found out, guys, she's 18. I said 17 earlier, but she's 18 as of right now. And, you know, I think that the generation she's in, we've talked about this many times, they're more open, Every, everyone's a little queer. And I think it's, complete, it's so much more normalized in a lot of ways. And I like that it's a young person bringing this into a pretty 
traditional show, I'm guessing. Like, I feel like it's Dancing with the Stars. Isn't it kind of like a show that like moms watch and stuff? Like, that's a stereotype, but I don't know. I know. I know. I mean, I used to watch it, I think when I was a bit younger, but I remember watching it with like with my family. Yeah. I'm curious if the dancer she's going to be paired with is going to be a queer dancer or not. I think that would be really cool if, if it, it, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day um, because they're just showing that two, two people of the same gender identity can dance together and, it's, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. But I think it would be cool if, if there were two queer dancers dancing together, especially because I'm sure a lot of the dances on the show are quite romantic or like have to convey some sort of like romantic love story, right? Not all of them, but if they're doing like more of a slower dance, because I know they do kind of like fast salsas too, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see. That would be really nice. And I'm sure, I'm sure that they've had many contestants on the show who are queer. It's just a matter of like having that visibility of a same sex partner. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to see it. People need to see it to be, to believe it, (laughs) which is weird. See it to believe it. That's an original quote from Girl on Girl. It is. If you hear it anywhere else, they stole it from us. We actually have it trademarked. Yeah. So believe it. And our legal team will be reaching out if you, if you choose to use that phrase anywhere. Yeah, exactly. They'll be getting in touch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's in case you missed it. What do you guys think? Listen to Kehlani, Cloud19. Watch Dancing with the Stars this season because it's going to be history in the making, baby. Yes. And we, <laughs> we're so excited. I am honestly, the world is a scary place, but I was having a convo with Camille and our other friend, Sarah, last night about how, you know, if we, we all know, guys, the world is burning and climate change is very real. It's scary. It just feels like what is going to happen to the future. And I know I'm sorry, I didn't mean for this to get like very dark, but what the upside of this is what I'm trying to say is that I think in other news, I feel like the world we're living in with this generation, even with the older generation, just like learning and being ourselves and being authentic, we are living in a good time to do that. You know what I mean? Like young people like Jojo, who is coming, you know, she's coming out as gay. She's open. She's happy. She can show the world that, you know, you can dance with whoever you want to dance with in a romantic way. It doesn't have to be like, this is funny or this is fun. You know what I mean? Like, this can be serious too. And what better way? Like, I don't know. I think we're living in a good time right now. As much as there's a lot of downsides, there's so many things that we couldn't have done like 10 years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Five years ago, even five years ago. And this, this news is proof of that. It's been 30 years. The show has been on the air and they've never had a same sex partnership. So like, I totally agree. I think there's so many positives to the culture we're living in right now, and it's important to embrace those positives and take advantage of them. Because if yeah. you take advantage of them, you can be your complete self and be celebrated. Exactly. Oh, and speaking of celebrated. Yes. I just wanted to say, Sarah, I'm so happy for Girl on Girl being featured on BuzzFeed. Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing that up. So BuzzFeed mentioned our little old podcast in an article called 16 Actors Who Played Amazing LGBTQ Characters Before Publicly Coming Out Themselves. And number four on the list was Umberly Gonzalez, obviously, who we had on our pod for episode five. And that was actually the first time ever that Umberly publicly talked about her sexuality and her queerness. And we were so honored that she 
chose to be open and transparent with us. And it was a big step for her, but she felt safe and she felt supported. And um, a lot of the characters that she played before that point that she was known for were queer characters. So um, BuzzFeed gave us a little shout out and mentioned that it was our podcast that she was on when she uh, first talked about her queerness. Yeah. And they like linked out to us and stuff. I was like, BuzzFeed. Like I used to sit in my university lectures and do BuzzFeed quizzes like all for like three hours straight. Like which Hills character are you? Absolutely. And of course I was Lauren. Yeah. I I actually, I'm going to take that quiz now and then, or later. I'll take it later. I'm going to say that you're um, Whitney. I'll probably be Whitney. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it after this because I really want to. And then we'll but, tell each other. And then we'll yeah. tell each other. But, but yeah. yeah, that was cool. Big thank you to BuzzFeed and also thank you to Umberly for being so open with us on the podcast and also speaking out for the first time. That was like Sarah said, it was an honor. And we're just really we were we were so excited. We were like, we're on BuzzFeed. What? And you know what's kind of cool is that we didn't know about the article. And then a friend of mine, my best friend, Tessa, shout out if Tessa's listening. We were having breakfast one morning and she was like, oh, by the way, I was reading this BuzzFeed article the other day and your podcast was mentioned. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like our little podcast? And she was like, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I didn't tell you this yet. I'll I'll find it for you. And she sent it to me and and, uh, it's just cool. We just do this as like a passion project and a hobby and a way to connect with more people and to like build a community and it's really important to us but it also is just like this side fun thing we do and so to see it being even mentioned in like a platform like BuzzFeed where that's such a huge platform or just like seeing that it's making some sort of an impact is always so kind of like bittersweet to us so it was it was cool to see our to see our name there yeah it was nice I was really happy 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 like happy from the seven dwarves no, I think we're both docs. Two docs just trying to serve up content to the people. Exactly. No, I love that. Doc's a good character to be. Okay, Persis, I'm going to go do a quiz to find out what Hill's character I am. Me too. I'm going to do the same and let me know who you get. I'll let you know. Okay. Well, I love you. Love you too. Thanks everyone for listening. And thank you, Teen, again, for being on the pod. We love you so much. Thank you, Teeny Boppers. Bye. Bye. Make them away downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound.